Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the weekly research roundup for research published between the 6th and 13th of September 2022. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the ME Association. We have definitely seen a lull in research this week ahead of the new academic year starting. There have only been two studies on MECFS, with only one of these directly related to MECFS, and 15 studies on long COVID. We have also listed the research which was published in the previous week, when I was away, between the 30th of August to the 5th of September, where there are three new MECFS studies. We have highlighted two of the studies. Paper 1 is a very complex preprint study where the science in this paper has not been peer-reviewed and therefore it has not been verified. This study is on the genetic risk factors for MECFS. The research identifies 14 genes being associated with MECFS as well as further evidence supporting subgroups with MECFS. The genes identified were associated with autoimmunity, energy metabolism, sleep and infection. Steve Gardner and colleagues also presented this research at the ME Genetic Research Symposium which was held on the 14th of September 2022. Recordings from this will hopefully be available in the next few days. From attending this conference a better understanding was gained from this research. The technique used in this research is patented by the company Precision Life who undertook this study so we cannot dive into the specifics of their analysis, but they use combinatorial analysis to look at combinations of genes. This is known as SMP-SNP, which is DNA building blocks, instead of looking at every single gene. This research is novel and has provided some interesting initial findings, but it has a few limitations. Firstly, patient recruitment. The MECFS patients used in this study were recruited from the UK Biobank, while diagnosis was self-reported after filling in the pain questionnaire, which was completed when samples were originally recruited. This led to the genotype of 2,382 patients with MECFS being analysed alongside 4,764 controls. These numbers are small for genetic studies. From this, the diagnosis of MECFS cannot be verified, and also the demographics of the sample differ from the typical MECFS population, with an average age of 69 and just over 70% of the sample being women. Please note that these samples differ from those collected in the UK MECFS biobank, which the MEA supports the running of. Secondly, there's also limitations in the replication of these findings, which need to be verified. This was attempted in this study by interviewing a separate group, but not all the same 14 genes were then identified in their analysis. If the findings from this study can be verified, there could be a potential for new treatments in which specific genes could be targeted. If you would like to read more on this study, Simon McGrath has also published a blog of this research which explains this study in more detail. There have also been several news articles published on this paper. Paper 2 in the Long Covid reference section was actually published back in July but may also be of interest as it looks at the use of hydrobaric oxygen therapy, HBOT. In this study, patients either received 40 sessions of HBOT 
for 37 patients or sham for 36 patients. The sham is where sessions with no pressurisation in HBOT chamber and normal air was given. This study reported significant improvements in damaged brain tissue, cognitive function, including pain, sleep and fatigue from those receiving HBOT therapy. Despite these findings looking promising, some caution is needed to be taken due to the commercial interest in this treatment, where this research was undertaken by a team employed by the Hyderabad Centre with no independent verification. Secondly, with 40 sessions in the two-month period, you would hope for more differences between the controls, sham, and those receiving HBOT. Furthermore, it is difficult to replicate a study like this on a larger scale due to the costs being involved. Nevertheless, this is not the first paper on HBOT in long COVID we have seen, with a few other studies being published just late, such as those by Robbins et al. 2001 and Kelberg et al. 2022. Therefore, hopefully there is potential for more studies in this area, especially seeing as within MECFS research, this area has been very limited, with one study reporting decreased symptom severity in 16 patients. Dr. Charles Shepard has also provided a Medical Matters blog on the use of hydrobaric oxygen therapy and the current lack of research in this area. On a personal note, I'm interested in this research as I have tried mild hydrobaric oxygen therapy with a number of sessions spread over a month. However, I did not actually see any benefit from this treatment. In fact, I always felt much worse after a session than beforehand. But this may have been due to milder pressurizations used, whereas I know others who benefited from the use of normal HBOT. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I will be back next week with the next instalment.